Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. We've been in a series uh, entitled No Love Serve," which is the core principles or the core tenets of our church. And if you've been around us any amount of time, some of you are, you know, been here a little longer than others. Some of you have been here five years or so, and you understand uh, what no love serve means and the things that we're going to be talking about today. And so for a lot of you guys, this is going to be a sermon like, Pastor, didn't you preach that two years ago and a year and a half ago and last Tuesday? Yes, this is recap. Um, but we really want to get to a place in our understanding where we're understanding what God is requiring of us. There's an old saying that was this pastor who had got appointed uh, as, as a new pastor of a church in South Africa. And he showed up on the first Sunday, and he preached. And he said, if everybody would turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, and everybody's like, okay, okay. And he preached. He preached a sermon. Everybody was really excited about it and, 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 and felt like the word was powerful, and it moved on their hearts. And they showed up the next Sunday, and he said, if you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, they're like, okay, that's strange. We preached in Mark chapter 5 last week, and we're preaching in Mark chapter 5 this week. And so he preached again, and it sounded a whole lot like the same sermon. You know, some of us have short memories, and we don't really remember what we ate for breakfast this morning. But it sounded a little bit like this sounded really familiar. And so he came back a third Sunday, and he said, if you open your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 5, by this time there's a grumbling in the congregation, and people are getting frustrated and saying, I don't understand. Does he got, is he a one-hit wonder? Does all he have is one sermon that he can share with us? And so they went to the elders. And the elders set him, brought him aside and said, uh, why, 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 why do you keep preaching the same sermon? And the pastor looked at him and said, it's not that difficult. I'm going to preach this sermon until you start doing it. And so if you feel like this is repetitive and this is repetitive, well, maybe some of us, we need to grab hold of what God is speaking to the church. What God is speaking. To the church. So if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And so we've been talking about the no of no love serve. We've been talking about how God wants us to first commune with him and fellowship with him. And so this week it's a transitional sermon where we're going to start moving towards the love because we know that love is learning to serve him with others. And so we're going to transition. We're still in the no segment, but this is a transitional sermon. And so uh, how many of you guys wish that you had a search engine that answered 100% of your questions 100% of the time? 100% of the questions 100% of the time, right? And some of you might be saying, well, I got Google. I'm not talking about people's opinions on things. I'm talking about this gives you 100% truth. Every time you went into it, if it was Siri, say, hey, Siri, tell me how to make a million dollars, and boom, you'd be a millionaire the next day. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's going to give you truth. It's going to give you something that you can prepare, uh, that, 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 that you can uh, include and incorporate in your life once you ask this question, and it is going to be 100% true. It's not going to be wavering. It's not going to be uh, an opinion. It's not going to be one of many opinions. It is going to be wholeheartedly true. How many people would love that type of search engine? I know I would. I know absolutely I would. I'd be like, how do you deal with 35 traffic without losing your mind? And that search engine would give me the answers. 
I think the search engines, though, like we live in a society and a culture where we can have information readily available to us at all times. And sometimes the information ain't good information. Sometimes the information just ain't good information. I know when I'm in school, my professor said, don't, don't give us any information off of Wikipedia. And oftentimes we crowdsource our information. We, get, we, 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 we take information from over here, and we take information from over here, and we put this buffet together, and, and we try to answer life's hard questions, and we try to get solutions to life's hard questions. Well, this is nothing new. And if we're honest in a room, we all have questions, even questions concerning our faith. Now, this doesn't mean that we're not believers, that we don't we, 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 we don't believe in God. We don't follow God. But sometimes we have these questions in our hearts that, you know, it, 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 we're just not 100% plumb. We're not just 100% true. We don't, we, we, don't know, we, we, we don't know how it all comes together, and we're just holding on to our faith. And we believe it because we believe all these other things. But concerning these couple of things, I, I, I really don't know how God is doing. And so I think it's important that we, 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 we get to a place where we can ask God the appropriate questions, and then when we hear the answer, we're not, we're not put off by the answer because it challenges our sensibilities. And so Jesus was engaged in Mark chapter 12 with these people who had these questions, much like we have questions today. And these religious leaders had asked Jesus questions about finances. They had asked Jesus Questions about the afterlife, what happens after we die. And I believe that the, probably the most important question that was being asked that day was, what does God expect from my life? Now, they didn't put it in those terms. I've, I've summarized it in those terms. But they basically asked Jesus, what does God expect from my life? And in typical Jesus fashion, he turned what they had believed, those preconceived notions, those crowdsourced ideas, that Wikipedia concept on his head, and Jesus gave them truth. And so the person who, descri- uh, who, who approached Jesus was a scribe, and he asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? It wasn't like these questions that the scribe was asking, hadn't been pondered over the years. If you even look historically in historical documents, uh, rabbis had been asking these questions for thousands of years. It was almost like, 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 like less feeling or taste great. You know what I mean? Like everybody was talking about it. And all the religious leaders were, 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 were throwing their, their, their hat, I mean, their, their, their thoughts into the hat. And so great historical rabbis were trying to summarize uh, through Scripture, what was the greatest commandment? And Jesus was putting these, 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 these Pharisees and Sadducees to shame because they were coming to Jesus and they were, they were asking all these questions. And see, the scribes were on a whole other level. The scribes were the theologians of the day. The scribes were, 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 were like the professors of the day because their job was to interpret the law and all of its many rules and regulations and their trade was to not only know what the law meant, but to be able to apply the oral word. And so they were not only uh, scholars, they were practitioners. And their job was to tell you uh, what the oral law had said. And here's another thing. The Pharisees uh, uh, didn't even believe, or the Sadducees actually didn't even believe in the, uh, the oral traditions. And so after they had been put to shame, I can only imagine that this, the, the scribe showed up and said, let me ask the real questions now. Y'all been asking about finances, and I know some of us in the room, we have questions about finances. 
They were asking questions about the afterlife. And some of us, we, we have these questions because loved ones dies or die, or maybe we get sick and we have these questions. But the scribe, I feel like he stepped forward and he said, let me ask the greatest question. Because all this stuff, let, 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 let me get Jesus in, in a bind. And so that's where we'll start today at Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 28. Starting at verse, I say Mark, listen, say what I said first, not now. <laughs> and so maybe some of us in the room, we've had the same question. What does God require of me? What does God require of me? And Jesus responded, he spoke with authority. He spoke with clarity. And he challenged all that would hear his words, both then and today. And so use your sanctified imaginations with me and place yourself there on that faithful day. He wasn't just speaking to some religious zealous. He was speaking to the crowd. Because people along the lines, along the way, were wanting to know these things too. And so you would have wanted to know these things as well. He could have just as well stepped into this service today and asked the question. In 2019, in Pflugerville, Texas, at 10 a.m., he could have walked through these doors and asked this question. So put Jesus before you now. And it says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that they had answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Which commandment is the most important of all? Now, you ask those type of questions when you want to know, what does God want me to do? What is God asking of me? Verse 29, Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And so when Jesus would have said this, this was the beginning of the Shema. And the Shema was, was this blessing that was spoke over Israel. And when they would start out, they would say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Even to this day, they open up uh, 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 Jewish services with this statement. And I don't know if you've ever seen the, 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 the rabbis in Israel where they would have the box on the head to be wrapped around the head and they would have the one around their their, their wrist is wrapped around. Inside of those boxes is the Shema. On many Jewish homes, inside of that is the Shema, and it's posted outside of their door. This would have been like, like, like when he said this in a room full of Jews, the Jews would have just known that he was, he was talking about some big God stuff, right? Like some of y'all come from the old Baptist church, you say, God is good, and you respond, see what I'm talking about? Y'all would have known what was going on. Immediately, they would have perked up when they heard the Shema. It was not only just a rally of monotheism, but at the time there was not monotheistic uh, uh, religions. It was all these pagan religions that had many gods and all these things that would have been surrounding them in the Roman Empire. And so there was their, their, their declaration that God is one. We serve the true and righteous God. So they would have started listening. And then in verse 30, he gives a commandment. He says, and you shall, shall love the Lord your God. And if you circle or highlight in your Bible, watch this, underline with all and circle your, your heart. And then you can underline and with all 
and you can circle your soul. And you can underline, and withal, and you can circle your mind. And then you can underline, and withal, and you can, you can circle your strength. And so Jesus is given a commandment on how to love God. And he's challenging them that day, and he's challenging us today to an all-in type of faith. An all-in type of faith. Some of us are wrestling and struggling with questions. Some of us are wrestling and struggling with the trajectory of our life. Some of us are wrestling and struggling with our place because we haven't had it all in type of faith. We've given God the fragments of our life. We've given God the leftovers. If I were to come to you and ask you, hey, man, can we go out to lunch next week? You say, let me check my schedule. Because I've already scheduled these blocks of time in my life and these things in my life that, that, that I want to do. And then if I have any time left over, let me check my schedule and I'll get back with you and let you know what you can get of my life. And we often do that with God. Let's see. Uh, I can pray um, Thursday at 7.15 to about 8. Because I got stuff to do, God. Let's see, I can go to church. I, 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 I've blocked out church Sunday, 10, but oh, 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 wait, wait, my friend's in town. Can't go to church. I can go and serve at the food pantry or the food bank. My favorite TV show is on. And that's what we give God, and then we expect God to show up in our times of need and when we need stuff. And Jesus is telling you right now, God is looking for an all-in type of faith. When when I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the ground, my thoughts for that day is, God, what do you require of me today that I might love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, with everything that's inside of me? He said it in Romans verse 12, chapter 12, sorry. He said, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. God is saying, listen, it's reasonable for me to ask you for everything that you got. Because I'm God. And the challenge is, here's the challenge. We've made God less than God in our hearts and our lives because we got agendas. Again, Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders of the day, the, 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 the minds of the day, and they're asking all these questions, and they're thinking in their mind, like, well, all these commandments, there are thousands of commandments. Which ones are the greatest? And, and Jesus is saying, listen, it's easy. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Other gospel translators have, trans, have recorded that he said, on these two things hang all the law and the prophets. On these two things, everything that has been revealed to you since the beginning of time to this day, on all these things, on all these things, uh, of all those things that are revealed, these two things are, are, are prime. And if you can do these two things, you'll fulfill everything else. But they were having high church. They were killing goats and burning them and, 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 and doing all this stuff. And going into the temple, it was very liturgical. It was very, it was very ornate. And, 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 they, and they were boasting, we, we, we serve the one and true living God. And Jesus is saying, how? How, Sway? The young people in the room got that. 
You can't just say you love God. You need to show that you love God. You can't just declare that you're a Christian. You need to show that declaration through how you live. And some of you might be saying, okay, Pastor, we've heard this before. We're going to go a little deeper. Let's go. Verse 31. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Verse 32. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. Oh, my goodness. Show you right, Jesus. You are right, teacher. Can you just hear the arrogance in that voice? Jesus tell you something? You show right, Jesus. I'm glad that you said that. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than a whole burnt offering and sacrifices. He came into revelation, and the light bulb went off. I don't like the way he, he responded to Jesus, but he came to his revelation. All this religious stuff we be doing don't mean nothing if we not loving God and loving our neighbors. And not loving God the way that we want to love God. Not loving God the way you love your, 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 your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your significant other, because we don't even do that right but loving them with everything that you got, with all that is within you, with your mind, with your soul, with your strength, loving God. Now, listen, church, listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent. You ain't got to raise your hand, but I can raise my hand right now and say there are many days in my life where I don't love God that way. I give God about 75%, but I'm tired, boss. Life is hard. Life is challenging, and I can't love you the way that you need to be loved right now, God. And so I revert back to my old selfish ways. When we find ourselves in sin, when we find ourselves walking off the path of God, guess what? You can go back, and you can just say, am I loving God right right now? And most of us will be honest if we would say we don't most of the time. We dump most of the time. And we're going to get into it a little later. I'm going to give you four things that have, as an application point to kind of check us, to be guardrails, not to be the gospel. Now, hear this, not to be the gospel. Say it with me, not to be the gospel. Pastor Sean is not trying to tell me all these kind of things. If I do these four things, my, no, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying these are things that we can check to see if things are all right with our heart. We can check these things. When you take your car to the mechanic, he checks certain things based upon the symptoms that you brought it in with. If he don't check it based upon the symptoms that you brought it in with, go to another mechanic. You go in there and you're talking about your, 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 your headlights need some more fluid, go to another mechanic. <laughs> but based upon the symptoms, him knowing and seeing and being around cars, he said, oh, that sounds like this. So if that's the case, let's check it against this. And again, that's not gospel because he could be wrong. But I'm saying if you find yourself in this space, these four things might greatly help you. Amen? Sometimes I got to qualify because, you know, you got to qualify. Okay. And so he speaks to the motivation. He said, much more 
than a whole burnt offering and sacrifices is loving others. He didn't care about the religi religious activities. Okay, rabbit trail number one. There has been this resurgence, and maybe some of you guys are here hearing it about the justice of God. Let God's justice come. Have anybody here in this kind of stuff that's going around? Man, God, man, God, man, let justice roll. Listen, we care about justice until we are the ones on the other side of justice. And then we'd be calling on God's grace, mercy, favor. That was rabbit trail number one. And so Jesus puts us square in the crosshairs right now, and we need to be saying, God, 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 mercy. God, I don't want your justice to, listen, 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 God, mercy. I plead the blood right now. When we want to plead the blood, plead the blood about yourself. We be pleading the blood about other people. Plead, plead the blood over, no, no, plead the blood about yourself. Verse 34, and when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. You think? We're dealing with all this surface faith and all the kind of stuff and, and, and stuff that in the scheme of things really don't matter compared to this question. And then after they ask that question, everybody like, listen, y'all don't talk to that man. Why do you think they approach Jesus like that? Because they know in his presence he's going to speak truth, and when they hear truth, they're accountable for the truth that they just heard. Going back to two weeks ago, because we weren't here last week when we talked about prayer. That's why it's scary to get in God's presence, because God will tell you about you when you're praying. God will reveal every hidden part of you that you thought you had concealed so far away, and God will say, listen, 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 boo-boo. <laughs> this is what I need you to do. Based on my word, I'm not coming back to pray no more. And so they asked him no more questions. And I believe we, Jesus, he went in for the kill shot. If you skip down to verse 38, he says, and in his teaching, he said, watch this, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers, they will receive their greater condemnation. Watch this. Some of us in the room, some of us in the room, you know people, not necessarily you, that don't want to have nothing to do with church because of the way that they saw that the religious leaders were acting. Jesus said, don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Because I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to take care of Pastor Brand New Jet. I'm going to take care of him. You worry about yourself. I'm going to take care of the ones who are, who, 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 who are raising all these funds and not giving it away. And, and, and do, I'm going to take care. You don't worry about them. You, you run your race. Parents in the room, you already know. If you got more than one child and you got to break them up, and then that one child say, well, you, you ain't saying nothing to him. You don't worry about him. <laughs> this my child. You worry about you. Go to your room, worry about you. I'm going to deal with him. Well, you don't never. Shh. 
spend so much time trying to refute false teaching and all this kind of stuff. And here's, here's the thing. We should, we should, we should call people accountable. But if they ain't in your circle of influence, ain't nothing you can do about it. Because the scripture says if you have something against a brother, you go to that brother. You ain't, got, you ain't even got a phone number. Don't worry about it. God is taking care of it. In the news right now, people worry about Kanye. Is that real? Is he really a Christian? Is he? Listen, listen. Don't worry about it. As a matter of fact, if the gospel is being preached, you should rejoice, the Bible says. I don't know their motivation. I can't talk about their motivation, but is the gospel being preached? Amen. I wouldn't have said it that way, but was the gospel being preached? Amen. And so God is saying to have an all-in type of faith, you got to be all, you got to be locked in. You got to be in here. And again, that includes your circle of influence, but stop worrying about all them out there. That church over there, they didn't shut your mouth. <laughs> Let God handle that. Worry about your walk. Now y'all see why my rabbit trail comes back inside? Because God, your justice, God just rained down on them. Shut that church down. And that, uh, what about you? Mr. I can't wake up and pray in the morning. Mr. I can't keep myself from watching certain stuff on television that I ought not be watching. Miss, I can't just hop on the phone and gossip about everybody and their mama every time I hear about it. Miss, I can't avoid myself from being on Facebook dry snitching on everybody. <laughs> Miss, I can't, I, can't, I can't just take it every time these kids come around me. I just want to beat them up. They're your kids. <laughs> Worry about that. And we're moving on. And so what God is asking us to do to have an all-in kind of faith, he's asking us to, one, cultivate a life devoted to God, and two, by proxy, cultivate a life that is devoted to showing that love for God towards others. It is a conduit. I love God, and because I am a conduit, I then love others based upon the love of God that I have received. When we were building this building, I got, in, I, I got so familiar with, the, with, 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 with electrical work and drywall and all this kind of stuff. And one thing that I know, you might not be able to look up because they're hidden now. Now you're going to see them every time you come in here. There are these conduit lines that go through. There are these metal lines and electricity goes through them. They're black. We paint them black so they match the ceiling. And their electricity goes through them. And so they are, re, they, they are going all the way back to the back closet, way back yonder by the dumpster. And it is the power to this building. They go all the way back there, and there's a power to these buildings. And then they come through these electrical things, and they come down into the receptacle. When your phone is out of charge, you plug those receptacles into that thing so that you can tap into the power. And if we are living uh, sold-out lives, we are the conduits because we should be tapping into God so that others can tap into us and experience God based on them tapping into us, tapping into God. Y'all hear what I'm talking about, the schematics? But every once in a while, you look up there, and there's a breaker. Every once in a while, you'll see a junction box. And at that junction box, if the conduit line gets severed for whatever reason, and it don't take both wires, it don't take one wire. And so when, through, we were, we, when we were putting this building together and the electricians uh, were here, uh, they had these two apprentice electricians. They used to make me laugh because they were like, oh, man, they, you know, they had the keys and they'd be walking around and... I got to go check the junction box. And they were serious about this. And you come in the room, and this will be blown out. And so we couldn't get to the room 
because the room was locked off. The people, the management of this, the, like the owner of the building didn't even know what the room was. And so they were wiring stuff without being plugged into the main thing. And so they would trip something and we're in trouble because we don't know where to go. And we're down for a couple of days and nobody can get electricity because you're thinking about it, they got saws and, 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 and stuff that they plugging into. And, they can't, and so we're down for two days until somebody can come let us in the room. You have access to the room. You know exactly where the room is. Unlike our neighbors across there that run a gym, every time one of their treadmills trip the thing, they got to call me at the house because I have a key because their junction box is behind those doors and I got the key to that door. I'll be there in about four hours. <laughs> Y'all run around the parking lot a little bit. I'll be there. We have access to the room. We have the keys to the room. But what does it take? It takes a mind made up that I'm going to come before God and I'm going to say, God, what do you want me to do in order to open the room to others? But as a church, we act like we're receptacles and we, we don't put tape over our, don't nobody plug in here. Don't nobody try to come close to God. I got you need to find, 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 find them your own way. We're looking for an all-in type of faith. So why do we drift? Because we're uncalibrated. Because we don't have the keys to the room. Because we're tired. Don't raise your hand. How many people have walked in faith for more than four, five, six years? You tried to lead people, and you tried to be a conduit, and you, get, you, you done got shot by friendly fire, and you done got shot by the enemy, and you just tired. You don't even, you, listen, Pastor, you don't even understand what it took for me to get here this morning. Y'all don't understand what it took to get, for me to get here this morning. My wife had this alarm going off. It was an annoying alarm, too. It was a cry. I was so tired, I didn't want to roll over to get it. I said, that's fine. I said, Anne-Marie, get your alarm. These annoying alarms they put on these phones. And then a snap to me, I'm supposed to be at church. I'm tired, boss. But I know when we show up in this space, something happens. Now, it don't have to be this great big experience where you, you know, you run around and you fall out. And if that's what you want to do, do it. I, hey, ain't got no arguments for me. But what I'm saying is it don't have to be this great big show. God still shows up. Because he said he's going to meet us here. And when Sheree was singing this morning, it wasn't just Sheree up there singing songs. She was leading a congregation to do what God has called us to do, to come together and sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And there's something about a song that when your heart is aligned with God and you sing a song, and they're not just kind of like background music. You're singing the words. You're singing the lyrics to God. Something happens. Some of y'all, you listen, okay, listen, remember back in the day? When you used to make a mixtape, anybody used to make a mixtape? <laughs> Kids, tapes were these things that you had to. And you put all the songs on there. Okay, I'm, I'm going to show my age. My song, LaBesta, was, was, was Shy. Ooh, ooh, nah, nah, new, new, new. <laughs> Ain't nobody doing it. Look, look, listen, hey. I'm guessing some babies were made to that music. 
You put that on, and you start singing, and them boys in shock could sing. They hit the mic. You be trying to hit it to my friend. You try to hit that song. You try to hit that note. Why? Because you were expressing in music to that person these words that were powerful that said something about your relationship. And we wonder why we can't get close to God because we listen to the, you know what we be listening to. <laughs> Trap music. You ain't never sold dope in your life. You ain't never. <laughs> I just like the beat. That was rabbit trail number two. Let me get to my four points. Let me get to my four points. <laughs> Again, this is not gospel. These are gauges. These are not gospel. These are guides. Right? And y'all, if you've been in church any amount of time, you've heard these. Number one, how do I know that I'm an all-in Christian? How do I know? Okay, rabbit trail number three. Listen, anybody ever play poker? I never played poker. I, I've seen it on TV. But what I know about poker is you have all these chips, and these chips are representative of money, right? And when you get a good hand, you start wagering based upon the hand that you have. But if you get an awesome hand, I've seen this on TV, like the awesome hand, the hand that can't lose, right? Like you know you finna win. What do you say? I'm going to give everything to this. Because I've been dealt a hand that can't lose. See, some of our faith has, has wavered to the point where we think we got a decent hand. We got an I-I hand. Some of us were like, man, I got two, 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 two clubs. I don't know what that is. I don't know nothing about poker. This ain't nothing. I'm not putting nothing money. I'm not putting nothing inside there. But when you feel like you can run the board, And based upon the hand that Jesus has dealt us, despite what you feel like right now, you can wager it all. Because he is a God, he cannot lie, he came and he chose. Listen, listen, on this side of death, listen, yeah, we still can have heartache, struggle, and strain. But on the other side, we know there's a victory if we believe what Jesus said that he would do. And we understand that when he was, when, 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 when he died, on the cross, and he rose with all power in his hand. That power is available to us, shrouded right now, but when we see him again face to face, all power will be, uh, uh, we will be associated with all power. But we live our lives so much for now, so much for another paycheck, so much for another relationship. So much for my car, man, I got the new tires on my car. Or so much for the things that we enjoy. And God is saying, listen, you're not all in. And the reason that some of us are getting the results that we're getting because we're not all in. Knowing God is learning to trust him and we've, 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 we've dropped the class. I can just live my life like this and trust God the way that I've been trusting God the rest of my whole life, which is minimal, and so I don't really have to deal with it. And God's saying, listen, you're missing out because you haven't all in. And so we're talking responsibility. We're talking stewardship. Big word, big word, you're responsible for what God has spoken to you, whether you believe it or not. 
whether you believe it or not. First T, first T, you've heard this before. Been in church any amount of time. How can I tell that my heart is calibrated? How can I tell that I'm giving my all? My all? How can I tell that I'm all in? First, your time. What are you spending your time doing? Are you spending your time based on God's agenda? Immediately, we know. Well, you know, it's been a while. Because what you put your time into tells me what, you're, what you deem important. Parents, you, you, listen, if you didn't grow up in the video game era, time flies when you're playing video games. And mamas, especially mamas, don't understand. Go take the trash out. I can't. <laughs> just pause it. This ain't the kind of game you can pause. Well, you just lost that level, then you better get your butt up and take that trash out. <laughs> can't stand you. <laughs> then you had a whole fight over some pixels. Don't look at me. You don't want to buy up that console. Time flies because it's important to us. So what are you spending your time? Where are you investing your time? Psalm 90, 12 says, Lord, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Talking about your heart. That my heart may be wise. Lord, show me the importance of me breaking down the time. I, I wanted to do an illustration day. I can't do it right now. But I remember I went to this one class when I worked for the state. It was called What Matters Most. And basically, the guy, he got this clear cylinder, it was a big cylinder, big cylinder, and he put it on this table. And at the bottom of the cylinder, there was a bunch of sand. And next to the cylinder was a bunch of rocks, big rocks, big boulder rocks, little rocks. And so on each one of them, he had painted them all nice and he had written stuff on them. The first one said uh, uh, family, you know, you put that in there. And then the other one said something like work, you know, and it had all these different elements of our life that we need to uh, juggle. And so what he did was the cylinder was here and the rocks couldn't go above the cylinder because the cylinder would represent 24 hours in a day. And so he would drop the rocks in. And, and so the dude, the poor guy that was the first illustrator, he, he was leaving family out and putting work in there. Then he was putting school. Like he was doing all this kind of stuff, trying to get all the stuff in. And then the instructor came and he came with a cylinder equal in size and he put it next to it. And he said, put all those rocks in the cylinder. And he put the cylinder, put them in there. Then he took the sand, and he said the sand is representative of the things that are not necessarily important in life, but the things that we enjoy. And he said, put the sand inside the cylinder now. And guess what happened? He poured the sand, under, and the sand started filling in the spaces that were left so that the important things could be done in a 24-hour period. And then there was still room for those non-important things that we still really enjoy. And then he went a little bit further. He pulled out a third cylinder. And he said, these are the things that crop up in life that you can't control. Car break down. Somebody dies. This kind of stuff. He said, pull the water in, too. And the water went, and it just kind of filled in around the most important things. He said, why are you telling me this story? Listen, we only get 24 hours in a day. But we need to learn to number our days and do what's important first. What's important first? first, and then all the other stuff, if it ain't on the important list, guess what? We'll get to it when we get to it. 
You can think back. Think about your favorite person who ever lived besides Jesus. You might say, man, the Apostle Paul, or you might, you might even say Bill, jo- Bill Gates or, or Steve Jobs or, 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 or somebody, I don't know who you like. You know, it's like somebody, you like them because they've done something, they've impacted the world. Mother Teresa, you said this thing. But guess what they got? Guess what you got and they got on the same playing field? The same amount of time a day. And I guarantee if you talk to your favorite person, they left, they, they left them sleep on the table. I can see what old folks say now. They say, I sleep when I'm dead. Because when we're young, we, like, we lay around, we sleep all day. It's 4, 5 o'clock. We waking up on a Saturday. You just getting up? Mm-hmm. But the older you get and the less time that you see that you have available to you, you start scaling that back. You start waking up a little earlier. And getting more accomplished in that day. Because you don't know how many days you have left. And so, for all-in Christians, we need to learn to number our days. Are we investing our days in God's agenda? Are we investing our days in God's agenda? Number two. Number one was time. Number two is talents. What has God given you? Are you cultivating what God has given you and making that available in your time? Are you cultivating what God has given you and making that available in your time? We're going to talk about spiritual gifts later in this series. But are you working towards what God has gifted you with? The Bible has this parable of talents. What Jesus is talking about, he's giving these different people different amounts of talents based upon their capacity to use those talents. The Bible actually says based upon their abilities. And he comes back, and he had gave one a certain amount, and he came back, and that person had doubled him. Then he came with another. He had one person five. Came back, there was ten. Ta-da! Second person two. He came back, there was four. Ta-da! He gave the last person one. He said, where's your stuff? He said, look, uh, what happened? Well, you know Craig and him. <laughs> but actually, because of fear, he buried it. And he gave it back to God and said, I got what you gave me. God said, that's not the reason I gave it to you. All in Christians, we find ways to say, God, what have you given me? How do I use that for your glory? Because remember, we're waking up with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might. Listen, 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 I'm doing it with everything that I got. I'm giving it all my gusto. So what has God given you? What has God given you? Listen, I, listen, room this size, I guarantee you there are dreams dying on the vine right now. Man, I used to want to open up a clinic. I used to want to uh, have a food. I used to want to do this. And, man, I was growing. I wanted to do that. And you say, well, what, what, what's, what, what, what's stopping you? Well, you know, I, didn't got, I don't have the time. But you just told me you watched seven seasons of Netflix <laughs> in one day. How do you do that? I don't know. You just told me you passed 18 levels of the video game. You just told me you went shopping all day Saturday. You just told me you spent all the time doing this and this, and you have dreams that are dying on the vine. And they're not just regular dreams, they're God dreams. That when I get older dreams, 
And when you get in the context of community, maybe you'll start talking about your dreams and somebody else say, I have something similar. And you'll link up and you'll do it. Listen, I, listen, I had a dream that died on the vine. It should have died on the vine. <laughs> when me and Ryan, Noah, Couch, and Stir first met each other, we was out and we found out we were both tech geeks. Right? Remember this, Ryan? Ryan's like, he's so embarrassed of this. Me and Ryan. And so we got together and we start, we ain't have no time. Like, we really didn't have no time to be doing this, but we like, this is what God is saying we should do. And so we went out there and we started, and so we started teaching technology to guys who had just got out of prison. But we were a little gung-ho about it. Like, we were going to teach them how to be like full-on programmers in like six weeks. Like, we were like, they're they going to get it. They're going to get it. We started out with like 12 students. We ended up with one that graduated. <laughs> one. But here's the thing. We didn't have a place. We didn't have the students. And so we just started making phone calls. And we started talking to people that went. And we had a guy who went to church with us. He, had owned, uh, he was a CTO of this big old corporation that had laptops available in a training room. He's like, y'all can use it anytime y'all want. That's a great idea. And then we were, get, we were going to get them mentors once they graduated. They can be mentored by these dudes. We had mentors lined up. Uh, man, we were ready. And we threw it together. I mean, what, four weeks around? I don't know how long it took. It was really quick. It died because we were, we were we, I don't think any of us was, you know, we, were, we didn't have really the time to invest in it. But the idea was, it was a great idea. And we got people to come alongside it and want to work in it. And if anybody want to pick it up, we still got the domain name. <laughs> but what I think it was more so than anything else it was me and Ryan aligning our hearts. He's an elder at the church now. And so are you spending your time thinking about where your talents fit and where God can use your talents so that he can bring glory to himself? Two more. Check your time. Do you want your life to count? What are your talents? And finally, not finally, two more I said, treasures. Uh-oh, this is one to get people kicked out of church. Where is your treasures? I knew it. Come to church, pastor start talking about money. Well, Jesus talked about money. And it ain't about the amount of money and what, what, what you consider a tithe. Y'all know we don't even pass the plate here. We're not concerned about that. It's about you and God. Are you doing what God is asking you to do with your resources? Also in Mark, there's a story about this widow. And here's a, listen, you just making Jesus care about money. The Bible says in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, that Jesus was sitting in the temple just looking. He's standing right there by the offering plate, just looking. And people were coming through, rich people were coming through, putting a lot of money in there. This one little old lady came in with these two mites, two pennies, basically. She dropped them in there. And he brought his disciples over to use the object lesson. He said, come here, come here, come All these people in here have given out of their abundance. But this is an all-in type of Christian. I imagine the disciples saying, she put two pennies in there. That dude just did $7.5 million. He said, no, she gave all she had. What's the object lesson? I'm not telling you, this is not a coat. It's not turning the coat. I'm not, I'm not trying to get in your bank account. But she gave sacrificially. And I say this all the time. If you are a part of a church that you can't give sacrificially, find another church where you can give sacrificially. Because it's about God and you. 
And Jesus went on to say, he went on to say, he said, listen, what your heart, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You want to check your heart? Show me where your treasure is. What are you giving? Me and my wife, when we first got saved, we weren't a part of the church. I don't say this to brag or boast, but I had this concept of giving. And so we would just go to uh, 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 Walmart at the time. We would go to Walmart, and we would just buy blankets, and we would take them down to the homeless shelter. Like, we would just go buy stuff because we didn't have one part of the church, but we knew that God, it was attached to our heart. Did we have the money to give? Not at the time. And it gets so quiet because we know for a lot of us, this is a sticking point. I'm glad we use the illustration of all in at Vegas because you will blow your wad at Vegas, though. But are you using your resources to promote the kingdom of God? I can say this about this church. We, we haven't had uh, stories like this in a while, especially when we first started out because we were really just gung-ho. I, we've had people in our church. I, listen, listen. We've witnessed People give everything from kidneys to cars in this church. And people are laughing because they remember we had a kidney party. Somebody need a kidney? I got two. You can have one. We threw a kidney party. We served kidney beans and a kidney-shaped cake. <laughs> there have been people in this, in, in this space, person, car breakdown. Listen, send it to my mechanic. Don't even worry about the bill. There have been people who's opened up rooms to their house. I, 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 I preached a sermon one Sunday, and somebody said, I got an extra room in my house. Ain't nobody standing there. Ain't nothing but a computer and some books. Moving people in. Resources don't always have to just be greenbacks, ducats, dollar bills, cheddar, fetty. You went out about that 15-story, 700-bedroom house, and it's just you and your wife in there. Rise to doctor's appointments. You got that brand new car, and people need a ride to the doctor appointment. Are we using it for the glory of God? Well, you know, there's nobody just all up in my car. They ain't smoking cigarettes in it. I mean, what, 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 what they going to do? Take it to Doc Holidays afterwards. I don't know. Well, you know, people, man, you know, people come, they mess up your house. They bring kids and all this kind of stuff. But you say, God, I dedicate this house to you, but kids can't come in there and play in your yard. And you still got that furniture like Big Mama with the plastic on it. <laughs> People don't want to sit on that stuff anyway. They slide all up. They leave sweaty, back sweating because you got plastic all on the furniture. I'm going to move on. But we call them grace gifts here because we believe that God has graciously given us the ability to give. And so it's between you and God. That's one of the reasons we do not pass the plate. That is one of the reasons I rarely talk about money, because I know it's a sticking point, but God wouldn't have me to talk about it because it is a sticking point. How are you spending your time? Within that time, how are you investing your talents in the life of others for God's kingdom? Your treasures, are they showing where your heart is? Is your heart with stuff that's going to perish? Or are you sending it forward for heavenly blessings? And finally, you probably heard time, talent, and treasure in church if you've been in church any time. Finally, I'm throwing this one in, your tongue. 
Keep your mouth on you. Stop talking about other people. It tells us every single time where your heart is. All in Christians work towards taming their tongues. I know you're just sharing. I know you're just sharing. Man, did you hear about Tanya? Girl, yeah. Let me tell you about Tanya. Pray for her. I pick on Tanya because she likes it so much. Yeah. What are you talking about? Does your tongue bring God glory? Or are you just a gossip? This is one thing I, you know, I, one thing I know about gossips. If you're gossiping to me about somebody else, hey, hey. That's why I don't tell you nothing. Because you're going to turn around and tell all my business to somebody, and you just, and you just, and you just, and then, oh, I didn't know you didn't want nobody to know. <laughs> didn't the fact that I say don't tell nobody <laughs> let you know you didn't want nobody to know? But our tongues will be, should be used to present the gospel, to speak of his goodness and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that when we're judged, we'll be judged for every idle word. Why? Because he's looking for all in faith. It's all those gossip sessions. And it even extends to your thumbs. Yes, it does. Those are words, too. What are we going to do with that? Listen, God wants so so much for us to reflect Jesus. And so for the next few moments, I want us to think about how we're spending our time. How are we utilizing our talents? How our resources, our treasures being distributed because we're stewards of his stuff. And how are we taming our tongue? Because, listen, it's impossible to please God if you're, just neg- if, if you're neglecting all of those areas. It's impossible to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, if you're neglecting him in all those areas. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.